It is May 7th, 2021. Smackdown Throwback Edition. I'm Glenn Rubenstein here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast with Alfred Kanawa and Jackson Callens. Going to talk about this throwdown, uh, throwback. I was going to say throwdown. Uh, this uh, throwback <laughs> edition of SmackDown. Uh, let's start with the over under. Um, in hours, how few do you think they put into doing those graphics and the little throwback production flourishes tonight? Yeah, under whatever fraction of an hour. You give me a half hour, I'll say under that. It was all nineties. Yeah. yeah. 90s and 80s, too. It's funny. WWE only knows one way to throw back. Like, they could have had the Scratch logo. I know we were talking about the fist. There's a lot of things that happened in the 2000s. And when you went on WWE's Twitter feed, it said, we're going to throw back to 2006. And this is nothing like 2006. This is the 80s, 90s aesthetic. I didn't have, like, the Bob Wire logo. It was just yeah. something they could have did with Raw. Yeah, they have the old production elements. Um, I think maybe somebody downloaded a font. Uh, you know, they made that blue background. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe a Microsoft Paint, maybe Adobe Photoshop. But oh, uh, low effort, man. And not appropriate, right? Because you think throwdown, uh, throwback SmackDown, you're thinking the late 90s, going back to the time where SmackDown was born. And instead, tonight looks like 1985, 1986 for most of the show. Yeah. And it wasn't even like SmackDown wasn't even a germ of an idea around that time. That's what's so jarring about it is uh, this did not take me back to the like I remember watching SmackDown of the 2000s and you know I was you know around junior high watching with my friends and stuff like that. I didn't think of that watching this episode. It was not a throwback. I thought of like what happened in the 80s and what happened. You know maybe it's all these documentaries on these older wrestlers that we're seeing, but uh, this just reminded me of that era with Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and all those guys. It reminded me of uh, what is the venue that they used with Monday Night Raw when it first started? That oh, uh, yeah, with the, the Manchester Center logo. Yeah, a small. It reminded me of that that old school yeah. logo and everything. But it was well, what it was. Alonzo pointing out they had the holographic, the three D yeah. generated SmackDown fist because they were too lazy to drag out the fist from the <laughs> storage room in Stanford. Could that thing even fit in there the way they have it set up? No, no. I mean, yeah. it, but it just to me, you know, I have this complaint too, by the way. I went to 80s night at Disneyland like two years ago. No, I guess right, like right before uh, the pandemic. And it was just very lazy. Like, oh, here's like, uh, you know, the neon font, not a neon sign, just the neon font on a printed out sign that we're going to put up for the night. And like nothing about it was era appropriate. They bought a few things out of the archives, but I just hate this lazy nostalgia stuff, especially in the case of WWE. They have all these assets. They have the old graphic assets. They have all this stuff. They could have really upscaled this and done a great job if they put a little bit of time into it. But I guess consumers, uh, much like with the Disney thing, like it doesn't take much. Most people are like, oh, it's 80s. And that passes for nostalgia. I'm a guy that watches at least at least four hours of authentic 80s commercials and old TV each week. Not DVD rips, VHS tapes that people digitize that I watch. So for me, fake 80s is like the most annoying thing ever. Yeah. You know, like I want that real aesthetic, that real, uh, you know, the little Ico Pro uh, video thing that's not for whatever, fine. But I just like it made no sense for SmackDown, a show that is so late 90s, early 2000s. And it felt very like even on Raw, this would have felt lazy if this had been an 80s throwback. They should have done more. Would have yeah. been cool if they were aggressive as hell for the show with with it all 
attitude. I, mean, I like some of the more subtle kind of throwback items, like Michael Cole in denim, that denim sure. <laughs> shirt. That kind of brought me back to the 2000s. I kind of like that. And, you know, they had the referees in blue, which that was definitely something that was a thing on SmackDown in that era. But, yeah, it's just an event one suit. mode. Yeah, the WWE knows old school one way. They know how to do it one way, and it's always the 80s old school aesthetic. Yeah. So I tweeted at WWM Fox suggesting some other gimmick episodes if we're going to be in this mode. Uh, so first off, why, why not SmackDown the musical? I think that'll get some ratings. That'll get people to tune in. You know, uh, we could do SmackDown in 3D. Everyone could go to their local 7-Eleven, get a pair of 3D glasses, come back. It'd be like it was right there, you know, in your face. Uh, we could have a SmackDown murder mystery. And maybe there's an 800 number where you can call in. And if you correct the, the killer correctly, if, if, if you guess that correctly, you win a prize. You know, uh, we could do SmackDown goes to Hawaii. They could go on vacation. There could be like, you know, a whole subplot about finding like some cursed uh, uh, idol in a cave. And maybe there's a tarantula or something. And uh, SmackDown gets animated. They could cross over with the Simpsons. Or uh, perhaps we could have a very special episode of SmackDown. We will learn about like the dangers of illiteracy or something. I mean, there's a lot they could do with these gimmicks. They just have to put in the time, effort and energy. And I will say this. I refuse <laughs> to watch SmackDown the musical uh, unless they bring back Aiden English. That's the only way I would ever watch SmackDown the musical. That would be oh, pretty cool. Would be so good. Uh, you know, we could have a SmackDown episode that was all dream sequence. I think that would work <laughs> very well. Uh, maybe like some weird something weird could happen with the Usos and they could like switch personalities, like like a body swap thing. Ricky Friday. Maybe- Ricky Friday. It's a Friday yeah, night show. Why not? Why not? I mean, let's get let's get a little crazy with it, right? Let's get a little weird. No one's tuning into this stuff anyhow. Let's at least have some fun. Pop a rating, maybe, you know? Do something. But I don't know. Maybe SmackDown and Smell a Vision. Oh, come on. Uh, scratch and sniff cards. That was a thing once with Rikishi. Yeah, yeah. With that in mind, I'm surprised uh, Vince wouldn't be all over that. Uh, you know, SmackDown could uh, meet the Harlem Globetrotters, perhaps. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. They should bring back SmackDown on UPN and just, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know who owns the rights to UPN, but I'd imagine WWE can afford to at least have that logo on for a couple hours. You can have uh, Monique from the Parkers come on there and uh, Moesha. I think it'd be great. What was I watching? The pilot episode of, what was it, The Mullets? And they went to uh, SmackDown taping? I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. I, someone like uploaded that in the internet. I was like, I never saw this when it first aired. I'm going to give this give this a shot. And yes, <laughs> they went to a SmackDown day. That was some crossover gold for uh, UPN back in the day. Oh, so, uh, but look, there was some good stuff tonight, though. Uh, primarily that if you if you loved having one USO, now the USOs are back. But are they on the same page? Are they aligned? Uh, Jimmy USO made his return tonight, and uh, the real plot. Yes, the plot of the evening is, will Jimmy acknowledge Roman Reigns? And they tried to have their cake and eat it, too, with that ending tonight, I think, where he was clearly on the outs, upset about what happened at Hell in a Cell, but then came to the assist when Cesaro, who, where's this Cesaro been all these years, who, like, single-handedly beat up Roman Reigns and both Usos tonight? Yeah. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. You like that, Jax? What'd you think about uh, Cesaro running wild? It came out of nowhere with, his, with everything going on with Cesaro. Came out of nowhere. I like it because I've always wanted that push for Cesaro. And like I, uh, I said, I think on a super chat before, how 
uh, it's like a year or two late or whatever, you know, people are not digging it or whatever, but I'm good with it. If yeah. he's going to get that push, push it and don't yeah. fail. And we talked about this, Alfred. We talked about this a few weeks ago when I was standing in my empty kitchen. I said, I think it's going to be Cesaro versus Roman Reigns at the next pay-per-view. And as of tonight, that is what we are getting. I mean, he's going to lose, but we're going to get that at the next pay-per-view. I think he'll lose and we'll get a set something with Seth going into it after that. Yeah, they're just setting up his opponents. Listen, uh, as much crap as we talked about the aesthetic of the 80s and stuff like that on this show, as a pro wrestling show, this was easily, for me, the best SmackDown of the year. And I thought the way they built the storyline between Jimmy uh, and Roman Reigns throughout the show, they used, um, you know, segment in the match to then spin forward. And in that main event segment, they called back to something that happened last year. So it's kind of like now it's this uh, episodic show that it rewards you for a storyline arc. And it's a great story that's being told. I really like the the return of Jimmy Uso. I thought he was fantastic on the show. And the, even how they weaved in comedy with like, go get me my cousin. And Paul Heyman's just like, well, which one? <laughs> like Roman gave him this look like, if you don't go get me my cousin. Like I just thought this episode from beginning to end was an excellent episode. And um, I'm really kind of dialed into this Roman Reigns storyline now. More than I was before. And I liked it before. To me, it's just gold with Roman. The whole thing is gold. Paul Heyman's gold. Having a, a Jimmy back is awesome I'm yeah excited definitely excited for it and i hope that jimmy is not fully on board because i think jimmy versus jay is a pay-per-view match mm-hmm. and a potentially fantastic feud i really really want to see that here's what i, I hope, hope, I draw hope it out. Yeah, yeah i hope they do do jimmy versus jay first you know because i really do want jimmy to be in the fold because there's a lot of promise for this to be a full-blown stable but i hope they get Jimmy versus Jay out of the way. And then, you know, maybe Jimmy loses it and then he comes back and joins forces and they could be mm-hmm. that, like they said, the tag team champions and the universal champion in one stable, I think would be a uh, very exciting on SmackDown. Yeah. So starting off with Rome tonight, uh, Hey, he defeated Daniel Bryan last week in the career versus title match. Daniel Bryan is off SmackDown. Jimmy was a surprise return tonight, but is he uh, down with everything that's been happening where things are going? How is this going to play out? Uh, but Seth Rollins suddenly attacked, or pardon me, uh, Cesaro was out there interrupting, came to the stage and, uh, said that Daniel Bryan couldn't be replaced. Um, Seth Rollins attacked him and then Teddy Long came out and set it up that if Cesaro could beat Seth Rollins, he'd get that title shot against Reigns at Backlash. So we had Rollins versus Cesaro. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, the idea that Cesaro's now gotten multiple wins over Seth Rollins, Jackson, to your point. How long overdue? I mean, a year ago, no one would have believed this could have happened, right? Right. Yeah. They were pushing for it because they wanted to see him, you know, get get that push and everything, but they didn't do a very good job. <laughs> well, hey, they're making up for a lost time. What did you think of this, Alfred, tonight? Oh, I thought it was another good match between these two. Uh, this is another one of those segments where they just intertwined a storyline to not only tell the story that they are doing tonight, but we alluded to it. You know, Seth Rollins might be Roman Reigns' next opponent, and they're already getting that ready. So I thought this was well done. They accomplished a lot. Uh, it's just kind of reminding me, though, seeing both Usos out there, that we're probably in for a lot more interference in Roman Reigns' matches if they're both they're both on the outside. So hopefully WWE can temper that. But I like this match, and uh, I like what they did with Cesaro. Cesaro needed something to be at least remotely threatening to Roman Reigns going into a pay-per-view that's, what, a week from Sunday? So to have him not only win here, but then just run wild at the end, I thought it was a very good night for him. Mm. No, it absolutely. looks strong. Absolutely. I mean, Cesaro, yeah, this is probably the best – 
one of the best nights of Cesaro's career. Uh, I'd even think this was more impressive than his WrestleMania win, given that he beat down. Yeah, I'm going to say it. This was the best night of Cesaro's career because not only did he defeat Seth really? Rollins, but he beat up Roman Reigns and Jimmy and Jay Uso and was standing tall at the end of this episode. Like, where where was this kind of push when the Cesaro section was a thing? What do you guys think of his promo skills and whatnot? Because I'm totally well, not. Let's, let's not dwell too much on his. On let's not dwell too. Let's really focus on his in-ring abilities and uh, technical prowess. You know. But that's the thing. A lot of guys can wrestle. I mean, we talk about it all the time. I know. A lot of guys, and I don't want to say Cesaro's interchangeable because he's definitely special in terms of in-ring. But there's a lot of guys who could wrestle, and you know, not only in pro wrestling, but in terms of being the spot that Cesaro covets, you've got to be able to kind of do it all. There has to at least be that in you and i just don't think that not only his promo ability but them kind of stepping up and covering for that and trying to tell a story and talk about why i should care about cesaro i think wwe's been lacking in that department too yeah no i agree with that i mean i think though uh look if cesaro is i think uh probably the best wrestler working today if you look at it on a purely technical level not promos which i don't, I don't think anyone's ever going to make that argument but being like like almost the wrestler's wrestler is like being the comedian's comedian and you know uh eddie pepitone not a household name but a lot of comedians love him and find him very funny uh you know there are a lot of people like that in comedy with wrestling that's why it's cool to see cesaro getting that kind of push you know, for being like the technical wrestling guy, the, the uh, one, I mean, Seth Rollins talked about this in interviews, like the one that everybody comes to and they need to figure out how, how to work out a spot or a sequence. Like he's the man. Uh, and so it's nice to see that he's getting this, uh, getting this huge push. It's very funny to think about it that way. And a comedian's comedian, Cesaro is like the Dave Attell of wrestlers. And yeah, well. <laughs> like exactly how you describe he's bald yeah. and like a lot of comedians like the biggest comedians in the world will go to david tell to help work out their jokes or they'll say hey can you watch my set and david tells the guy who you know all the comedians respect definitely and should be much more famous just based on pure talent but you know he's just kind of like uh, the comedian's comedian yeah i got that uh comedy central show and uh yeah, it was great. I, I think he's got a special on netflix yeah yeah and then he yeah. had that the bumping mic special with, uh, that's Jeff right Ross, and they had, watch incredible that special I Yes, uh, I own David Tell's uh, Skanks for the Memories on, on CD yeah. somewhere. I think that's the last comedy CD I bought when CDs were still a thing. Uh, but no, Cesaro <laughs> definitely has got that cred. So his promo skills certainly have held him back. Um, but this is cool. They're giving it to him with this opportunity. There's no way he's going to win this match, especially even more so looking so dominant tonight. Like you don't, you don't do what you did tonight and not get your ass handed to you to, to balance the scales back, right? Even Roman being caught off guard, like Roman's got to assert his dominance a hundred times over to uh, get back that win. What do you see they do with Cesaro, though, when he loses? If he loses, if. I mean, made good, him Jackson. Look, they make him look strong. Don't Jackson, tell you, you made money on Dogecoin, <laughs> so now do you just believe anything is possible? And oh, that's why you're wanting to bet yeah. on Cesaro? Uh, yeah, Jackson, or... I didn't know if there was a way that I could like Jackson more, but that's it because I'm in the Dogecoin army too. Dogecoin army, make some noise in the chat to the moon, <laughs> baby. To the All moon. you have to do is listen to Cameron Grimes. It's not like you know, this isn't outside of the scope of wrestling. Cameron Grimes has been telling us what since December about Dogecoin. If you bought Dogecoin around that time, you're making money, boy. I'm telling you, dude. I True. lost a lot of money because I pulled out, but then I'm back in and I'm, Hell I'm yeah. good. I'm Rather running with it. 
now disclaimer this is not financial advice i'm not going to say the <laughs> i'm not going to say the wall street bets line as the disclaimer but uh cameron grimes is a shoot ladies and gentlemen dude yeah. no 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 this is... oh no i bought dogecoin when it was at eight cents and then sold it at three and i looked at it like and this was just a couple months ago and i didn't even need the money like it was like a hundred yeah. bucks and i'm just like why did i do that that was so dumb to just not leave it there i don't know crypto look let me just say this I feel like I understand the fundamentals of the stock market, and that has always done bad for me. I don't understand a damn thing about crypto, but that surprisingly seems to be going well. Yeah. I don't know anything about I know things about math, and I know you know trends or whatnot, and I'm just trying not to overthink it. So listen, I'm going to ride the wave right now. If it starts to go down too much, I'll cash out, but I'm having a good time, you know? And part of it is FOMO, right? You know, you yeah. see it trending, and all these people are happy. You want to be part of that, too. Yeah. Just fun. Uh, yeah, the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We don't understand crypto, but strangely, we're all buying it. <laughs> yeah, we don't get it, but whatever. Why did I buy GameStop? Why? Why did I think that was a good idea? That's never going to pencil out. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, Buck ninety nine, saying, "You guys see this as being one and done for Cesaro." I mean, not. I mean, if, if Rollins, I could see him losing on the way down. I could see then he loses an Intercontinental Championship feud after this one. But if it's going to be Rollins versus Reigns. I mean, maybe Cesaro ends up in a tag team again. I don't know. I hope it's not that far down, but I do see this being one and done for Cesaro. Uh, Glenn, we were talking last week about who we think uh, Aleister Black is going to face off. Oh, yeah. And that might be a direction he goes. I mean, we didn't see Aleister Black on this show, but I think Aleister Black and Cesaro would be fine in terms of uh, the next step. Yeah, but this was a great match tonight. Cesaro's a new number one contender. Uh, this was really, really good. Cesaro's going to face Roman Reigns. For the WWE Universal Title at WrestleMania Backlash, which uh, like I just I just feel dirty every time I say that WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah. It's such a carny trick, like at WrestleMania Backlash. Yes, but it's it's smart. I like it. I like it. We'll see how it does. You know, social media wise and how it tracks because WrestleMania is a very powerful term in terms of search and stuff like that. Yeah. Cronshaw, two bucks, saying Heyman's 10-bell salute to Daniel Bryan had me laughing. That was very good. It was very, and if you saw, they would like kind of zoom in on like Roman and Jey Uso, and they were struggling to keep straight faces. Like Their lips were quivering, and they had to kind of zoom out because that was very – I couldn't imagine having to keep a straight face through that. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Heyman is a funny dude. Uh, Teddy Long backstage with Sonya Deville. Uh, he was out there. He was the one that made that match for Cesaro versus Rollins. Uh, Adam Pearce unavailable tonight. Sami Zayn walks in telling Teddy about the massive conspiracy against him. <laughs> you know, it's weird. This is what I hate to say. I've probably known like three people in the last 30 years that I feel like when I haven't seen them in a while, they came up and wanted to talk to me about the massive conspiracy against them. And it was always over very specific and small things. It, it was so relatable how he's done this. Because there has been, in the last a few jobs uh, that I've had, uh, there have been at least one person who's just like that, who when you come to the job early and you don't really know the lay of the land, they'll pull you aside and be like, okay, just so you know, everybody's against me and they're going to be against you too. So like I've had that conversation several times with people where there's, I'm sure people who work in an office sitting were like, oh, that's definitely Ray. That's that's the guy who's paranoid that uh, the management's coming for him. So I loved how Sami Zayn did this with Teddy Long. That was very funny. Jackson, how are the conspiracy theories out there in Arizona? <laughs> I live by a, a UFO landing site. Oh, there you go. To people like ten, you know, ten miles away from me. Um, it, it's weird out here. 
Yeah, you ever run into Tom DeLong out there just uh, hunting? Just no, searching? Be, <laughs> he, he should be coming out here because, according to people, there's stuff flying everywhere that we don't know what it is. Oh, looking forward to that, living in the Southwest. Whatever happened with that Storm Area 51 thing that was going to happen? They ever uncover anything, turn up any answers? That thing worked? No, I think one guy tried or something uh, and didn't make it very far. I was driving, uh, when I was driving to Vegas uh, last week, Aliens Exist came up on the shuffle. It was just like, man, Tom DeLong's really been pushing this uh, this US, UFO conspiracies for quite some time. But uh, anyhow, Sammy uh, trying to get Teddy on here. Te uh, Teddy set up a five-on-five -five tag match for tonight. Uh, Sammy teaming with Apollo Crews, Kevin Owens, uh, the Street Profits. And, oh, no, pardon me. It was Tammy's going to uh, – dyslexia tonight. Sammy was going to team with Otis and Gable for the match, along with yeah. King Baron Corbin, and it was going to be against Apollo uh, – or and Apollo against Kevin Owens, the Street Profits, Big E, and Shinsuke. Uh, Ten-man tag. We haven't seen five-on-five five in a while, have we? Or did I just miss something in recent weeks? I couldn't remember. Yeah, maybe we have. I know we've. I don't think we've seen it of this nature because it did seem like. I mean, those aprons were full. I, I like this. I like this match. They did a good job of the climactic moments. Were very fun in terms of people hitting their finishers. But poor Otis was the only person who was out there to catch Montez Ford, and Ford just flew at him like a hundred miles per hour, hit him right in the face. Uh, but it was a very exciting finish, and I, I liked the promos before this too. And I just think that Apollo Crews is really sunk into this character and he's so improved on the mic uh, because he's just kind of leading uh, and going through why everybody's uh, a threat. And then he gets to Sami Zayn, doesn't even say the guy's name. So I thought that was very good. And uh, I just, this reminded me of old school. See, this was a throwback segment. And they yeah. remind me of those old school segments where the baby faces would face the heels and all the baby faces would get to talk and then the heels would do it. Uh, that's how they do it on Survivor Series, essentially. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, isn't it weird? Two-on-two two tag match, whatever. We see those all the time. Three-on-three, three, oh, that's lazy. Four-on-four, four, what are they doing? They're just phoning this in. Five-on-five, five, this is strangely kind of fun. Because yeah. now it's like real teams, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it just works. Uh, so Ruby Riot took on Carmella tonight. Carmella getting a pretty easy win. That's why, what are they doing with the women's division lately? Like, what's, what's up with this? I don't get this at all. Like, these short matches, these nothing storylines... Bailey versus Bianca is going to be awesome, but I just feel like they're they're barely putting in the effort. You know, not the women. the The creative is barely uh, giving these these women much to to work with. And with Carmella's uh, whole gimmick thing, her entrance and everything, uh, Eva is supposed to be returning, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Apparently. She kind of has that kind of same type of flow with her gimmick. I'm assuming when she returns, just oh, the maybe. way looks and then vignettes and whatnot. That's going to be a little weird. I did like. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying there's something about SmackDown and even maybe it's the main roster that they just don't know how to balance that the men and the women in terms of TV time because there always seems to be a strong, a long period of time where, you know, women's wrestling matches get kind of cut and then it becomes about one women's storyline uh, and then everything else is, is with the men. But with NXT, like they do a good job balancing that. So WWE needs to tap into more of that because right now it does seem like the women's division when it's the tag or the singles division uh, seem like they've taken the back burner. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Uh, but Carmella, I think, looked good tonight. I just think, uh, I don't know, they need to do something more interesting, especially because, I mean, the rise, they're just doing nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like uh, with a lot of talent, you know, there's just so much more that they could be doing, and it's it's not their fault they're not being used more. I think creative just isn't giving them a chance. Um, 
but we did have this Bailey segment tonight and she was putting over a lot of, uh, again, this wasn't really about SmackDown though. She was putting over like the history of women in WWE, which was really cool. Um, and then putting over Bianca, but at the same time being negative, uh, towards her and, uh, Bianca coming out, uh, them, uh, trading words and, um, then, uh, fighting like, uh, she attacks Bianca and, uh, Bianca blocked her. They get into it. I mean, so setting up this match, I think this is a great challenger for Bianca at um, WrestleMania Backlash. But I don't know, Jackson, what do you think of this promo segment tonight? Um, I like I like when they got into the part of, of uh, the beatdown and whatnot. I love seeing Bailey aggressive like that. Yeah. It's, I like it. Uh, Bailey is, is great. The match is going to be great on the pay-per-view for one. Um, I don't know how the heck Bianca could wrestle with that. <laughs> That whip thing, though, man, I'd be tripping all over the place with that thing. So mm. she's a talented, both of them very talented. So we'll, we'll have a good match, I'm, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I liked this uh, segment. I thought it was uh, very good in terms of building up Bailey as a heel. Uh, I, I thought it was funny because Bianca, I guess the line that Bailey used, she said, Oh, Bianca is insecure, and I'll show that she's insecure. So Bianca Belair had a really a chance to go up there. And what I thought she was going to say is, Well, yeah, I'm insecure, but I get to overcome that. And now I'm a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a little, everybody gets insecure. You can be vulnerable in that moment. But Bianca's like, No, I'm not insecure. That's not why people like me. I'm confident. That's confident. Don't nobody got time for insecurity. <laughs> I thought it was just such a heel response to like completely deny that she's ever been insecure. Uh, but having said that, it was, I thought Bailey was excellent in this segment. I thought she was really good. She tends to, it's kind of like the Johnny Gargano problem where the, she's insanely oh. talented, but the character itself tends to be on the jokey side to where it becomes essentially a comedy character. But there was a lot less of that in this segment. So I thought it was really good. The Johnny Gargano problem. Good name for a Scott. <laughs> um, so I think uh, this is really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to the match between them. This, this is probably one of my favorite segments of the night. But then... Uh, we followed that with the Jimmy and Jay stuff. Um, I mean, I like how they're setting this up. Jim, man, I, I'm thinking about this more. I'm like, Jimmy better not be on board with this. Like, there's there's something to this Jimmy and Jay feud. Jay needs something with with meat on it right now in terms of a storyline. I don't think he's gotten a chance to shine uh, as much lately. I mean, he's definitely taking a backseat to what's going on with Roman. This could be a really high-stakes match, um, and I really hope they play this out. But then the Dirty Dogs, which – how are they still tag team champions? How is that still a thing? But Dolph Ziggler, uh, I forgot they were Ray Mysterio or uh, versus uh, Dominic Mysterio tonight. Dominic got a win every week. I'm reminded, like, oh, that's right, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode. Like, every single week, (laughs) they won those titles when they come out. I'm like, oh, that's right, and they're on TV all the time. And here's the thing the SmackDown tag team division suddenly is pretty damn interesting in terms of their take back season with Street Profits are still going uh, on with that. The, the Ray and Dominic, I hope they win a week from mm-hmm. Sunday because that'd be great to see a father son. And then the Usos sometime, I think, want, I want to see well, them with a the title. But that's the cool thing, though, right? Is given how terrible the tag division is right now, let that rebuild so the Usos can have their one on one burner of a feud. And then when they come back together, then have them win the titles. Exactly. I completely agree with that. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Jackson, how are you feeling about Dominic Mysterio uh, 10 months into his uh, in-ring career? Well, he's, it's been 
about what ten months or so that he. How long ago was it when he made his debut match? Do you remember? Uh, Damien was at SummerSlam, I thought, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe that's what it was. Uh, summer. Yeah, I think it was SummerSlam. About Lee nine, ten Seth months Rollins. ago. Yeah, nine, ten months. Ago. He's impressing me. He's getting a lot better. I mean, look who his dad is. Obviously, somebody to work with or teach him the ropes and whatnot. And I'm sure he has a lot of people backstage working with him. Um, I can see a great career for him in the future. Uh, I hope they don't, you know, rush with him too much. Keep letting him do his thing. Um, they're talking about putting a mask on him. I'm, I don't think he. Yeah. He's, I'm not for that, but. Yeah. And I think it's hard to be cool and have confidence and gravitas and swagger when you're out there with your father. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I mean, I, 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 Ray Mysterio. Offer, you know? I mean, it's not just yeah. anybody's father. It's true. It's true. Like the Miz next to his dad, you go with the Miz. <laughs> I really like back when they did the whole thing with him and Seth, and he got really, really aggressive. He got the kendo stick and just beat the crap yeah. out of everybody with that. You know, I love that. It's like he can, yeah. he's good when it comes to, you know. I would have loved for there to be a live crowd during that period we had his first match because that was the one storyline they had that was actually moving numbers in terms of ratings, in terms of popularity. And I thought Dominic did a great job as a babyface who's just uh, kind of coming into his own as a wrestler. And I think yeah. people would have really been behind him if that was in like a Staples Center, uh, in a Barclays. I thought you think he would have been one of the hottest guys on that show. But wouldn't it be cool if Ray wants to take some time off, let Dominic have a heel turn and write Ray off TV, like do that same style beating that uh, Kevin Owens did to Chris Jericho when he left, you know, have Dominic just go full heel, destroy Ray. And I think that will make him as his own man in the WWE. I think it's going to take something like that. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I punched my father once. As a Jesus, wow, this is getting personal. Like stomach. Wow. <laughs> let's hear this. Let's hear about, let's hear a little bit more about this. Let's dive into this. It was it was a good moment. I was just really frustrated. It's it's but like I felt like I grew up that day. You know, like right. hit my dad in the stomach. It was good. Oh, in the stomach. Okay, okay. I, I wasn't tall enough to punch him in the face. My dad's I mean. like at the time he seemed like he was eight feet tall, but you know, I mean, I was I was probably about like a good four ten or so foot, you know, uh, or so shorter than I am now. And yeah, it was good. It's good. It's good for my self-esteem. I feel like I grew up a lot that day. Did he sell it? Uh he did. He did. And did I he punch it. you back? No, 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 he did not. My my father's <laughs> actually laid hands. I didn't know this. Uh, I think he like spanked me once when I was a kid, and then it was like, what like what year is this? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> like what era do you think we're in? Uh anyhow, that's way too personal. Let's get off uh this whole segment. I'm just saying if I you promise it. you're gonna buy me a computer, don't back out and not buy me a computer. I'm gonna punch you in the stomach. Like Anthony just like Anthony Agogo, that's and then he stole your finish. I wanted a Commodore Amiga. He was like, "I'll get you an Amiga," and then it was like, "What about a Commodore 64?" And I'm like, "What year do you think this is, Commodore 64?" And then, and this wasn't the first broken promise. There were many broken promises leading up to this. I'm just just putting that. Don't think like I was just like, "Oh, you're not buying me something whack." No, this was like a string of broken promises. It's there. good. We're cool now. We're cool now. But there were some yeah. years. There were some years. You know, I just felt a little, well, you know, not not really respected how I should be. Uh, good. This is good. I don't have to go to therapy this week. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we should just give doctors. you a minute every single week and you just air out a little dirty laundry and then we just keep it pushing. That's that's yeah. therapy. Micro dosing therapy. Absolutely. It's good. Well, you know, and I think uh, tonight 
man, just dirty dogs having the tag team titles. You want to talk about something that just every time I see that, I get I get angry. I get just <laughs> why? Why is this a thing? Why is this happening? Why are these two guys doing this? It's just bad. You don't, you don't like the name Dirty? Because I like the name Dirty Dogs, to be honest, especially for these two guys. And uh, I liked how Pat McAfee kind of tried to put it over, like, oh, that's the Dirty Dogs way, as if that's a thing. But, you know, Pat McAfee was working very hard. Um, I just keep thinking of the NKOTB song, because that was the new kid's, like, hard song was Dirty Dog. It was even spelled the same way. You know? I mean, I don't know. Like, like that's just not that's not cool, man. That's not hardcore, you know? Right. Right. You know, it's like, especially how they're spelling it all hardcore differently uh, with the Z. I believe the the official spelling is D-A-W-G-Z. And it's like (laughs) a couple couple of guys in their 40s spelling it like that. It's just (laughs) So it's got like bad bad sort of like wannabe, uh, like hardcore hip hop spelling with the metal Z at the end. Yes. Yeah. Like it's like it's the try hard meeting of the worlds of genres, you know, (laughs) try hard hip hop and try hard metal together uh it's bad man like yeah maybe that's <laughs> part of it maybe it's because i lived through that you know that 1990 91 era oh that's around the time i hit my dad that makes sense it was all the terrible try hard hip-hop i was listening to you know it was like i was listening to marky mark and just watching him like hitting that heavy bag and i was like yeah that's how i'm gonna work out my aggression uh but no there's something about it where it's just oh it's just it's bad they've barely wrestled and you've got them with the street profits which are like one of the most effortlessly cool tag teams in the history of WWE. And yet the dirty dogs have the tag team titles. Yeah. It, it does feel like the calm before the storm. So hopefully starting with WrestleMania backlash, we get some new tag team champions. Hopefully, or I'm going to find Vince McMahon and punch him in the stomach. Oh God. You know, <laughs> then your hand would break. If you, you, see that. you know, yeah, punch <laughs> that. <laughs> I think that would solve a lot of my issues with wrestling. They can raise so much money for charity. Could you imagine if they just had like a booth or something where it was like, like just make a donation to Connor's Care and you can hit, just punch Vince McMahon right in the stomach, you know? And I'm sure there'd be some people like, how much to kick him in the nuts? Just, 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 I got all the zeros, just whatever it takes. I Until think it would be there, like, pays John Jones seen? to come with them and like has John Jones do it on their behalf. <laughs> Have you seen how ripped Vince still is at like 107 years old or whatever he yeah. is? You'd probably That's break true. your hand. It's yeah, true. exactly. But it would Shred feel it. good. Feel yeah. good. Uh, Dominic Mysterio won that match. And then, see, I'm talking about this and people are like, why are you guys going so off track? Well, because the next thing to talk about is a match that was Reginald versus Tamina Snuka. Yeah. And Tamina didn't even get the win because there was a DQ. This is so, like... Alfred, I understand what you're saying. And yes, the thing with Roman and Jimmy and Jay and Cesaro were great. The thing with Bailey and Bianca was great. But man, like this was the part of the show where we went from Ray and Dominic against, you know, the Dirty Dogs to Tamina versus Reginald. This was the part where it was like, same old SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was Reginald running away from Tamina. And I thought it was so weird before they went to break. Michael Cole goes, "Uh, coming up next, it's man versus woman. Or in this case... Woman versus man. <laughs> Is there a difference? What's the distinction? I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that he was supposed to say woman versus man because maybe there's something in Vince's head that it seems less violent if you say it that way. And maybe he just screwed up. But that was so weird. This is Very the part odd. that I go up to make chicken nuggets for my three-year-old. So 
you picked the perfect spot because yeah, this was the worst <laughs> thing on this show. I but you know, Reginald is very fun. I think for sure. what he's supposed to, I mean, he's such an overachiever in terms of that show. I mean, he cut a pretty good promo. Uh that was kind of funny. Uh, I like how like Nyan and Shane, I don't like them doing comedy too much, but they were really putting over when he was like dancing around or like flipping, and they're just like acting like he was the superhuman. So uh, it, it was it was a fun packaging of Reginald, but it's like, where are we going with this? I know they're trying to do, put Tamina over and whatnot, but I don't know sure. if this is the way to do it. And Shayna was like on the verge of, of just corpsing in that backstage promo. You know, yeah. I, I just don't think that this is uh, a good... When you want to establish that Nia and Shayna are the two powerhouse women in WWE, and then you're trying to build Natalia and Tamina to take them on in this tag team match at WrestleMania Backlash, like... I think Reginald is super talented. I think he's incredibly charismatic and he's very athletic, but it's this it's 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 weird to have him as the uh like the center of this feud. You know what I mean? And, and getting that thing. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I just think it's odd. I think it's odd that they're uh working this in. Um but yeah, uh <laughs> sheer Shayna got on the apron to distract and Jax pulled Reginald to the floor, got him out of harm's way for before Tamina could do the super flash splash. So uh, I really and, wanted to see that happen too. I know. I wanted to see Reginald like, get splashed. That would have been great. Yeah, that would great. So everyone mixed it up after. Um, and then we had Apollo backstage with Commander Aziz and his tag team partners. Um, and then we went to Big E and his partners for the main event. So this was a cool main event. Apollo Crews, Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Chad Gable, and Otis versus Kevin Owens, Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura, and the Street Profits. Um, man, I mean, this went on for a good while. This would have been the, the go-home segment if not for the stuff with Roman, Jimmy, Jay, and Cesaro. <laughs> but uh, the, the heels won this tonight. Corbin, Sami Zayn, Otis, Chad Gable, and Apollo Crews. Uh, Alfred, what did you think of the match itself? Very good, especially the second half. You know, the first half was a lot of jockeying and posturing. Very formulaic, uh, especially toward the end when they just kind of had everybody run through their finishers. But it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I had fun watching the match. And a lot of the guys in that match, most of them, if not all, are very talented. So I, I thought it was good. Jackson? I enjoyed it for the, the you know, the action-packed part of it. Uh, Street Profits, uh, they're phenomenal to me. Yeah, it was a great match just just to watch for entertainment value. I don't know the purpose really of the the match unless I missed something or didn't catch it. Right, <laughs> but no, was, everybody got their stuff in. It was like it was a very house yeah. show, but in a good way. Yeah, in a very good way because it kind of reminds you that yeah, WWE does know how to distinguish babyface from heel, and it's a problem that they constantly have. Where you're watching a feud, some of their top feuds, and you're like, who's the babyface in this? Uh, so it's good to see one team of clearly defined heels, one team of clearly defined baby faces, because that just makes the match better. Yeah. Uh, as Donde Estas is saying, these promos felt like old school yeah. Survivor Series pay-per-views. Absolutely. It had that Perfect. magic exactly. night. And uh, Alex Salyers, thank you for the Ooh. $10 super chat. Oh, hell yeah. Thing, uh, you quick, guys uh, awesome. Alex, um, uh, Alex is one of my boys. Uh, oh, nice. A, one of my good friends out here in Arizona. He's a professional wrestler as well. Oh, nice. um, one of the most uh, well-known indie wrestlers out here in the Phoenix area. Hell um, yeah, Alex. So if you guys ever get a chance, look up Alex Salyers. Uh, I definitely will. On YouTube. He's had some good, good matches. Very he has cool. a match with Robbie E on YouTube. Uh, oh, nice. Bunch of matches. I'll check him out. out. Thanks I'll for give that. him a follow. 
Alonzo Smith. <laughs> the important question, what exactly is Aziz the commander of? It's like Vince just now saw the movie Coming to America from 1988, not 2021. One Coming to America has happened to Apollo with the fake accent. That was his character on the, the Indies when he was Uha Nation, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't as, as you know cartoonized as it is, but I will say, like, yes, uh, two things can be true. This is very kind of 80s or whatnot, but I think Apollo has done an incredible job doing this. And sometimes, you know, the old saying in wrestling, they say you got to be yourself or the volume turns up. That's not true for everybody. Like Big mm. E, the character he plays in real life, Big E is an introvert. He's very quiet. He's not like that. But he has to channel somebody else in order to play this great character. Apollo Crews just might be of that same distinction. When he's playing Apollo Crews in real life, you know, his promos weren't really good before. But now that he's channeled into this character, he's got the fire. He just carried that promo for the heels, which, you know, always the best promo guy who has that uh, distinction. And he did that. And so I thought he's just been so much better on the mic with this character. Yeah. Um, and I admit I was skeptical at first about Apollo going uh, in this direction, but I think it's working. I mean, where uh, was it? Michael the virus pointing out it was his gimmick, but the accent's too fake. It does seem dialed up. Uh, however, for me, the commander Z's thing, it's like, oh, now we're getting like a warlord into the mix. Like, I just, I worry that this is going to, I think that's what it is. Knowing the WWE, it's like, okay, I see where this could very quickly cross a line. Into yeah. bad territory. And I think that's what people are afraid of. And I'm not saying that they have yet. I think Apollo is doing great. And we'll just see uh, where it goes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that could be the same for any character storyline. I mean, WWE dirty doesn't dogs. take much. Where yes, the dirty, the dirty. The dirty. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I feel like Dirty Dogs, the second they, that name was said on TV, I was like, oh, this is not good. This is, this is really, just... I'm, I'm telling you, I like, I'm, I'm, I just like the name. I think it's fun, especially for heels. I just think that it kind of like how you captured it in terms of this aesthetic, where it's just this overly done saying on these two guys. I think it gives them heat. But I don't think they think it's that way. I guarantee right. you, Dolph and Bobby don't think, yeah, we're try hard hip hop and metal guys. Like we're like the Judgment Night soundtrack embodied in one tag team. Uh, but no, I don't think they think of it that way. I think <laughs> that they think what they're doing is cool. Just bring back the Spears Club. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, there you go. That would have been a throwback thing. Right? Spears Club worked, man. You know. Uh, so let's talk about the main, the main, main go home segment. Uh, Roman Reigns out, and the idea with uh, Jay is having Jimmy come out. And Jimmy's like, how can you follow this guy? Uh, we went back to the I Quit match that Jay lost when Jimmy was uh, caught up in the crossfire of it back at Hell in a Cell. Um, and this really ends with, with Jimmy like he's going to walk away and not, not join uh, the Roman and Jay faction. But then Cesaro comes out of nowhere attacks Roman, attacks Jay. Uh, Jimmy looks like he's not going to do anything, but then decides to go in the ring. Uh, Cesaro knocks him out as well. And we almost Cesaro standing tall. So I like, I, I can almost guarantee you, if they haven't started running promos yet, the promo for next week is, is Jimmy going to acknowledge Roman? And they're going to build that up the entire show. That's going to be all next mm. Friday, right up until the last segment. And maybe that's where we set up Jimmy and Jay. Although I hope they don't do it. I hope they don't do it at Backlash because I think that this feud <laughs> needs to breathe. 
Yeah, it would be way too early to do it at Backlash. Hopefully not. Uh, maybe that's when he makes a big decision, but I would have no problem if next week's episode still played upon that because by the end of this episode, I was very intrigued to see whether or not he would go his own way right now or whether or not he would team up with Roman at first. So that's a very intriguing question because I, you know, as a viewer, don't know legitimately where Jimmy Uso is going to go. It's not clearly obvious, but it is compelling. I am interested in seeing what Jimmy is going to do. Yeah, I see him having a just a singles run potentially in the long run after it's all said and done. It could be a they could do a lot with it, in my opinion. There's a this lot of storyline they could do a lot with. Yeah, no, I agree, and um, it's interesting that tonight is when they really felt like they started building backlash, which is now a week away, just in setting up these matches. So I'm excited for a lot of what we're going to see there. I thought tonight. The throw the problem with the throwback thing is the throwback thing got me too excited. I have to admit, I was like, Yeah. We had one guy, right? Uh, Teddy Long, I think it was yeah. If I recall is the only person that came from from that era. And didn't they hype like we were gonna see like uh SmackDown? I don't think they did. They didn't have any headliners. And we were talking about this last week and that, and I kind of like it this way. And that when they do these throwback shows, a lot of the times they'll bring out all these legends and all you end up thinking about when they go off the air is, man, WWE used to be dope. Like, man, <laughs> I remember Hogan. I remember Flair. I remember. But this episode, I think, is a better use of that retro concept. Uh, you know, again, not aesthetically. They could have done better on that end, uh, production-wise. But the turn, the concept that the current stars are front and center, and we pay a little bit of homage here and there to the past, but it's more about a retro aesthetic uh, on the current generation because they really need to put this generation over as being the dominant generation. This is one reason I don't like Impact. Uh, I saw Impact a few times over the last month. A lot of their shows, uh, if you guys ever watch them, is highlights from years ago of matches oh, wow. and when Impact was, you know, big, yeah, good. And it it kind of looks bad that they show that and then go back to their today's programming, kind of like they really wish they were still that good. Yeah, it, it's weird to me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I have to admit, I, th I thought tonight maybe for the throwback edition of the podcast, I'd see if I could get like Sean Ross Sapp and Vince Russo on or something. But uh, it's too short. Oh of <laughs> had the idea too late. Too late yes, for that. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chat room loves me, by the way. I see you all. I'll talk to you, man. So we got some news stories, Alfred. What's up with uh, what's up with the news? Okay, well, one news item uh, is that uh, SummerSlam, they're looking to potentially uh, have that be the first event that they do back. So I know SummerSlam is always in August, but there was a report by WrestleVotes uh, that said that SummerSlam might be the first event WWE does when they come back, period. So whenever they're ready in the second half of the year is when WWE expects to start touring again. And the word on the street is when they're ready to do that, the first event will be SummerSlam, regardless of when they come back. So what do you guys think about that? Would you like a July SummerSlam, possibly? Maybe even a June SummerSlam? Well, It'll be in the summer. <laughs> but June yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. June or July is ambitious, you know? Maybe like, we need to do it now before there's more breakthrough cases. Like, let's just get this uh, get this out there. Uh, where, do, where do you think it's going to be, though? They haven't announced the location for SummerSlam yet? 
Yeah, I don't think they've announced it. What they saying? I don't. It might be somewhere in Florida, but I don't think they've announced a, a location of SummerSlam. Let me see if I can get that. But I actually love that concept that they're going to do SummerSlam being the first event back because it is that kind of marquee event. I think it would be perfect because it would be in the summer, and it wouldn't just be like a makeshift WWE Homecoming event or something that would feel forced. It would feel like you're really getting pro wrestling again to see that pay per view with a full stadium. I think would. Uh, really feel like we're back watching wrestling again yeah somebody in chat said that uh we have um what is it in money in the bank is in july yeah although they did it in june last year so things things can move i mean we'll see we'll see what uh what happens with it but um yeah i could see it being in florida texas maybe even nevada but i don't think I it's not it arizona be, yeah it's not gonna be in california or new york i can almost guarantee you that um so, and then what about the Dynamite ratings last night? Dynamite ratings. Well, uh, Dynamite had 1.09 million viewers. Some would say maybe that's a little disappointing. I expected them to do the biggest number ever. But the big story here is that Dynamite was number one on cable. This is huge. Number one for the night, AEW Dynamite with the blood and guts hype, uh, won the night with a 0.42 18 to 49 demo rating. That was good enough to be, and again, you know, um, a lot of, uh, people have talked about the demo and there's talk about the demo God and there's been that back and forth. But that is when it comes to the cable number one through 150, they go by the 18 to 49 demo. It's seen as the most valued demo and AEW won the night for the first time in its history through blood and guts. What do you guys think about that, Jax? Good. I, I enjoyed the show. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, everybody's bitching about the whole ending and the crash pad and all that, but you know, get past that. <laughs> It was a good show. That match was great to me in general. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about Blood and Guts, Glenn? I, I, I don't watch wrestling. Uh, not when I'm going to in the podcast. <laughs> He's like, AEW, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it seemed like people liked it. It was good. I don't remember what I was doing last night. Not oh, I was watching it. old episodes of Just Say Julie from MTV. Oh, uh, wow. I haven't heard that. In, oh, wow. And I, because I'd never seen it, it was on YouTube. I never knew there was an episode where Julie Brown had downtown Julie Brown as the guest, and they actually like did an episode together. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. this is blowing my mind. <laughs> so we, so we, so I, I had like these VHS rips of that from like 89. And so we just like put those on after and we just watched those like all last night. It was great. Oh, Me and my okay. wife binge watch Ghost Adventures. Like, nice. Where we can. It's about it. So now you're going to give Glenn more anxiety about having ghosts in his house. I have to oh, go back. Dude, I'm going dude. back Sunday. Going back Sunday. So <laughs> be there for a couple of days. I'm going to fly there this time. And I'm really like kind of nervous. I'm going to see how many masks I can wear until I can't breathe anymore. And that's going to be how many masks. One, one layer less than that is what I'm <laughs> Right before the limit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think maybe three or four will be good. And, uh, you know, I got my face shield. I got my gloves. I'll burn the clothes I wear on the plane just to make sure extra safe. But, uh, and, and the only reason I'm doing this is because I'm vaccinated. I've been vaccinated for a couple of weeks now, so I'm like, now I, now I can take, now I can take it. But breakthrough cases, now I got to worry about the breakthrough cases. It's never going to end. I think you I think, start uh, punching people all the time. Watch. Yeah, seriously, punch you, know, you talked about punching your father once when you were like 11 <laughs> years old, and everybody just wants to make a big deal. Okay, I'll tell you, one minute every single week, we get a minute of therapy. That would be very uh, uh, useful. No, but there was a lot of talk about that Jericho ending and uh, people losing their minds about that, which that, that was validated. Uh, you know, it was a bad ending. 
in terms of how they shot that camera angle. Uh, mm. But this is, I think, uh, a huge win for AEW in that they just took an old school concept. They built up this big match that they wanted people to see. And the fact that they got the most important audience excited about that uh, means that hopefully AEW will continue to be rewarded for just, you know, going back to the simplest uh, parts of storytelling when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah. I think it's good for them. I think it's good for the business. Uh, I think having them in NXT on different nights has been great. Hopefully we can keep that going. And I've been enjoying like crazy doing these Tuesday night podcasts that we've been doing for NXT. These have been so much fun. I'll be in my empty kitchen next Tuesday doing the NXT podcast. I'm not going to be here next Friday, though. Uh, I believe Issa will be back, though, from her trip. Uh, Monday, I don't know who's on the podcast. Uh, and then Wednesday, uh, Alfred and Justin Labar. So yeah. thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Jackson Callens at Jackson Callens. Thanks for uh, coming on your second appearance on the show. Thank you Alfred for having me. This it. is Nasty on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Send your tweets there. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Thanks, guys. Peace.